up, guys? This is Carly Janae, and I thank you for tuning in to the Naked and Exposed, the podcast. What is up, guys? Welcome, welcome back, and happy new year. OMG. (laughs) I'm excited to just share with you guys what's been going on, first and foremost, the corporate word for our church, and I just believe in faith that this is for you guys too, is resting and nesting. Resting in the knowing that God has it under control. Resting in the knowing that fear and anxiety is not your portion, that doubt and confusion is not your portion. And then nesting, preparing for that in, that is in which to come, that you have prayed for, that you are working towards, that the Lord is leading you towards to receive, to accomplish, to just do his work here on this earth. And also resting doesn't mean being idle, just to clarify on that. But let's jump into this poem called Worth, and then I'll break it down. I've begged, even pleaded trying to convince people I was worth loving. I put them first until all that stood before them was a girl who reeked of brokenness. I wore the fragrance well, giving pieces of myself, hoping, just hoping someone would notice the value hidden deep inside of my heart. Convinced to be more consumed in what I produced, the Lord would catch up if I just keep running If I had just kept running, I became so good at hiding, disguising, I'm talking. One time I tried to hide in my own skin and still couldn't fit in. My voice was too loud. Yet, from that desolate pit, God pulled me close, telling me to trust him, telling me he would never let me go. But you know, it's a little hard to believe when you look around and everyone you thought would stay is gone. I don't know what the future will unfold, but I do know it would be better than what we once perceived because our past speaks to where he's taking us, saved by grace alone. Oh, (laughs) y'all. All right. So I have two scripture verses that came to mind as I was just marinating on this piece and trying to speak on or not even trying to just leaning into the Lord to hear what he had to say when it came to me explaining this piece of always trying to make other people see who I am. And when I got to the point where I said, I tried to hide in my own skin, but yet my voice was too loud. So there's this just a position happening internal and external. And I really feel like my personal battle is this internal and external struggle where my my spirit is on board and my spirit knows what's going on, but my flesh wants to get in the way and stop the progress that's happening. And it's been real. It's been real. <laughs> so the first scripture that I was led to was actually, it was And I'm reading from the Passions Translation. So it's Psalms 42, which says, He stooped down to lift me out of danger from the desolate pit I was in. 
out of the muddy mess I had fallen into. Now he lifted me up into a firm, secure place and steadied me while I walk along his ascending path. And it's this, I actually read this when I got to the part of God getting me out of the desolate pit within my poem. And it just makes me think about Jacob and Jacob in the sense of, sure, maybe he spoke prematurely about the dream that he had, but if he hadn't been processed, he wouldn't have had the character to allow what God had promised to manifest in the sense that he would have forfeited his own destiny if God would have given it to him at the time in which he gave him the original dream. And in my own life, I see a lot of similarities with Joseph and I will not forget, um, I've shared that the Lord has freed me from anxiety. Fear is not my portion. Fear is not your portion. And scripture says, 2 Timothy 1, 7, that the Lord does not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And right there in that, it shows that that fear is a spirit. And we know as we continue to study the word to test ourselves, approve, and a little disclaimer, you guys, I do this so that you go and pick up your Bible and you study the word for yourself, that you test what I'm saying and you start to walk in relationship with the Lord and allow him to peel back things that were never meant to be a part of your story. And in this process of me going deeper in the Lord, I see these similarities with me and Jacob and recognizing that, sure, God has given me a word. Sure, there's this bigger picture that I see happening for myself. And I know that it will come to pass because I have trust and faith in the Lord. But at the same time, fear is going to try to rise up, but we have authority over it. The Lord has given us authority over the schemes of this world for, for scripture says this battle is not against flesh and blood. And if it's not against flesh and blood, Scripture continues to tell you it's it's about the principalities, the darkness, the, the rulers of this world. And then you'll also see in Scripture where it says that do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is it for you to gain the world but to lose your soul? And it's it's allowing these words, these scriptures, these verses to be rooted in your heart. So when trials and tribulations come, you can rejoice through it because you know it's, one is just a test. And we already know that Jesus died on the cross for you and I. In Christ, there is no condemnation, but he's already redeemed us. And now it is our our commission to disciple other people. But first and foremost, you have to make sure that you are firmly firmly rooted like the tree at the water. And that is actually Psalms. I'm going to turn to it. That is Psalms. And I didn't even think, that's cool. God, you're cool. Because I didn't even, this wasn't planned. But if you go to Psalms, give me a second, guys. If you go to Psalms, you can probably hear the pages flipping. <laughs> if you go to Psalms 1, 1, it says, What delight comes to those who follow God's ways? They won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share in the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner seat. Their pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am, meditating day and night in his true revelation of light. 
They will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of his bliss, bearing fruits in every season of their lives. They are never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. And also remember that meditation in this context is not the type of meditation that's taught in yoga. Um, Meditating on the word of God is allowing yourself to constantly rehearse it in your thoughts. And remember, we talked about every thought that comes into your mind may not be your thought or the Lord's. And if it's not pure, if it's not just, if it's not holy, then you don't have to come into agreement with it. And you have to get into this state of self-awareness in the sense of constantly filtering every thought that comes into your mind so that when fear tries to knock on the door, you're like, hold up. My God says that he doesn't give me the spirit of fear. And it's rehearsing those things until it becomes deeply rooted on your heart so that you can remain in a rested position and continue to nest because you know your battles are already have already been fought for you. You know that you've already you already have the victory. And faith is believing in the unseen and the things hoped for. It's knowing that God has it under control. But the only way to know that is to meditate on God's word, is to spend time with him, is to form a relationship with him so that his words are rooted deeply on your heart. And then renewing your mind (laughs) is meditating. It's studying the word of God. It's constantly, again, filtering those thoughts. And so I just encourage you guys to just pick up your Bibles, get a study Bible, ESV, New King James, King James, NASB, NLT, Amplified, the Passions Translation, but start today because that's how a relationship is formed and then get into community, get into a church house that teaches the word of God, that teaches you who you are, your identity that you were created in the image and likeness of the creator, the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit so that you can know who you are, that you are a son, a daughter of God. And then you know the inheritance in which you have laid out in front of you that you have access to, that you grow into, that you learn how to steward the little that the Lord is giving you. And then you can Start to make an impact on your people group, on your work, in school. And the second scripture verse is, or third, (laughs) is Psalms 105, 19. And this right here, I had a friend to go back to where, how I, this is what I was trying to say. Um, About a month ago, something jumped on me that was similar to a panic attack. And because I know the Lord freed me from it, I knew that it was just the enemy trying to get me to come back into agreement with it. And also a sign to reach out to some of my friends that, and just see how they were doing. And I reached out to one of my particular friends who lives um, out in Colorado. And she was like, oh my gosh, I was just thinking about you this morning. And the Lord highlighted this scripture. And it was Psalms 105. But when I got to Psalms 105, 19, God's promise to Joseph purged his character until it was time for his dreams to come true. I literally lost it. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like God is so good. Because as I stated earlier in this podcast, like I see a lot of similarities with me and Joseph. And you have to understand that God gave Joseph a dream, a word, 
that was going to come to pass, but he also had to go in, into this process for it, him to be able to handle what the Lord wanted to do in him and through him. Because if he received it at that exact moment in time, he would have forfeited his own destiny. And I think about my life and I think about myself and I think about just being a millennial and just being in this generation where I am so, I have been so used to striving. I've been so used to trying to run ahead of God and telling God to catch up where the first time in my life I'm learning how to be present and live in the moment because I, I, I'm resting, I'm trusting, I'm knowing that it will come to pass because God is not a man that shall lie. But at the same time, what does that look like? When all you know is striving and that was built from a faulty perspective of feeling like I have to do, 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 go, go, go for people to see me as valuable. And that even you can hear that in this poem, I begged, pleaded, trying to convince people that I was worth loving. I and my flesh and my human weakness was trying to convince people who are also struggling with their own day-to-day battles that I was worthy enough of their attention. And it shines this light again on this internal and external struggle, but also perspectives. I talk a lot about perspectives and you just have to get to a point where you're okay with what you feel and what you see not being seen or received in the right light. How what you perceive growing up may not be may have been seen through the lens of rejection or the lens of abandonment or the lens of insecurity. And trust me, it's not easy to admit that you're struggling with these things. But like scripture says, we all fall short of the glory of God on a daily basis. We know know that we are born into sin and iniquity. So we are born into the the darkness. We're born into the, the things that displease God. But It is him who does the will and the work in us when we confess with our mouths and believe with our heart that Jesus died for our sins and was resurrected so that we can have eternal life. It is now Christ who is in us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. And it's the Holy Spirit that does the transformative power within us, but we are to partner with him. We are to co-labor with him. We are constantly supposed to be in this shedding process, this learning process and being okay with what we believe to be challenging. And I just challenge you to ask yourself a question. When somebody says something that annoys you or offends you, ask the Lord, where does this come from? And ask him to show you where it was in your childhood that may be irritating this? Was it because you didn't feel like you had a voice when you spoke and people always talked over you or your mother who had to be both mother and father in a home situation that was supposed to be built on a father being in the house who gives protection, who gives identity, who gives purpose, where the mother is a comforter, is a teacher, is the nurturer, has to be both nurturer and protector. And in your eyes, that is seen as being critical because you can only see it from that corrective side and you can't see that see it from which she is nurturing you but all of this was a, supposed to be a part of your story like Joseph said when their father died after the dream had manifested what over 20 years later what the devil meant for evil God will use for good 
But at the same time, you guys, there is a way in which we are called to live. We are called to keep God's commandments. We are taught. We are called to follow what God has laid in front of us. And to to think that there aren't consequences for sin is unfortunate and it is not, it, it is error. Sure, yes, God loves us. God does not want to see any of us perish, but you have to understand when you constantly make the same repetitive mistakes, you will be judged by that unless you repent and turn from it. Repentance is not saying, oh, shoot, my bad, God, forgive me. And then you turn around and do it again. Yes, there is grace for that. But at the same time, true repentance is turning away from that which is displeasurable. (laughs) And so I just encourage you guys to just dig deep within yourself and begin to ask the Lord, what is it that he has for your life? What is it? that he wants you to lay down at his feet so that he can begin to purify you and clean you. Like Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and me. And it gets no better than that. And his number one desire is to to get you really to recognize that he died for you and he doesn't want you to fall to the world system and the world patterns. You guys, the worst thing that imaginable that in my mind that I don't want to happen is to get to heaven and, and God be like, I get away from me. I don't know you. And I don't say this to scare you. And I don't say this to strike fear in you because remember, fear is not of God. Perfect love casts out all fear and God is love. Fear is rooted in punishment. And you have to start to learn the difference between condemnation and conviction. Because in Christ, there is no condemnation. There is no guilt. There is no shame. So yes, every decision you made is a part of your story, but God will use it for His, your good and his glory for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. So as you begin to turn from your wicked ways, as you begin to repent and to walk towards righteousness and to seek first the kingdom and righteousness as all the things are added on to you, then you can begin to see life differently. You can begin to be a little more confident and a little more joyful. Remember, happiness is just an emotion and happiness, like emotions are fleeting. And it's learning how to live in the present, in the moment, and to stop trying to convince people to see you as valuable, to see you as enough. It's allowing yourself to know that you are good enough, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and to stop filtering it in through the lens of trying to get people to appreciate you and to and to value you. Because what is it for this person or us, anybody, to gain the world and lose their soul if it means that I have to continue to stand for what is right, for what is just, on what the Bible says alone for the rest of my life, then that is a sacrifice that I'm willing to make because 
the only one I want to please is the Lord. I no longer want to water down who I am to fit into perspectives and molds of people who I am becoming. But also recognizing truth and what feedback I have received from people. You're a little too brass. You're very bold. There's always a pro and con to being bold, but it's learning how to use wisdom on when to continue to talk or when to pull back, when to shift the conversation or when to ke- or when to keep going. But at the same time, standing in the truth of the word of God and not buckling and not watering it down and no longer hiding and no longer living in insecurity and no longer living in I'm not enough because I'm more than enough. You're more than enough. And it's living in that truth of knowing that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that God makes no mistakes, that condemnation is not of God. In Christ, there is no condemnation. Guilt and shame is not your portion. And recognizing that there are components of who you are that make you unique, but there's also things, a part of who you are that can't go into your future. And that is the journey. That is the purging. That is the character formation. It's knowing that you have to be this example of Christ in the earth because you may be the only example that some people may get to meet. And that's just what happens when you die to yourself. It cost. But is it a cost you're willing to make?